Hey guys, this is Coach V here. And I'm Coach David. Good afternoon. Today is, let's check the date here. Today is Tuesday. It is October. It is the 6th. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Coach David, how long has it been? Like 30 years that we've been in this pandemic? Sure seems like at least 30. Wow. It's going on 31 years. Uh, so so <laughs> something like that. You know, I know it was only March of 2020. Uh, that this pandemic started, but it, man, does it feel like this thing has been going on for a while, right? Crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, listen, if you're just joining us, guys, we want to say thanks for being here. Uh, this is the Kaizen Karate Podcast. Uh, please remember to like and share the podcast. Um, you know, there's, we're on all the major podcast platforms. And, you know, if you could, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. Uh, if not, we understand, but we would love it if you can leave a review. Five stars is always preferred. Uh, and if you find us on Facebook, just if you can, please, we're asking you to share this podcast, please, with, the, with the, your top three friends. Uh, so please hit the share button. Let your top three friends uh, know about it. And if you're offended by that, because you're like, I have five friends. Well, give it to five friends. And that's fine. Uh, and if you're like me, and you're like, no, I have one friend, one friend will be fine. <laughs> so uh, uh, guys, let's go ahead and start without any further ado. Today's topic is belts or skills. So the whole idea of belts or skills, now keep in mind, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're really talking about coach David, what promotions during a pandemic, right? Do you want to have the belt? Or do you want to have the skills? Could you kind of lead us today? Yeah, Coach V, you know, what comes to my mind is we have a lot of people who really, really want belts. I mean, that's kind of what they're in it for. Um, and my question to you is, is it important having the belt, like a black belt, or is it more important to have the black belt skills? Well, there's no question they're both important. And as someone who's been both a teacher and a student, and remember, I started as a student, um, I've been in the martial arts. If we haven't met, and if you're one of our friends who's maybe not part of Kaizen, maybe you're listening all around the world, um, you know, Coach David, I don't know if I told you, so I'll answer that question in just a second. Uh, last I checked, we have, I think it's over 19 countries uh, that, oh, we're, awesome. that we have folks listening in on. So guys, I just want to say thanks for, for listening. We really appreciate you kind of joining us and, you know, please spread the word. Uh, it's a free podcast. You know, we're just kind of doing this for fun and uh, hoping to be ambassadors for the martial arts and spread the good news. So please, if you can, uh, please do that. So again, if you're a parent, a student, maybe you're a martial arts instructor, school owner, operator, um, hopefully find some value here. So the question, Coach David, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you said, what is, what's more important, right? Having a black belt or having the skills? Yes, correct. So here's how I answer that question. I, I asked my students during class time, I said, and now I usually do this in a beginner class. Sometimes I'll do this in an intermediate, in an intermediate class. But let's say a student's like a yellow belt, green belt, purple belt, something like that. I'll say, hey, if I gave you a black belt today, would you take it? And I mean, there's always half the class like, yeah, I take it. And then I ask them, I say, but does, does that change your skills? And then they're kind of like perplexed. They're like, I never thought of that. Because to them, it was just like a, it was like a collector's card. Remember when we were kids, like, <laughs> baseball cards, basketball yes. cards, things like that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the reality is here's the way I would, I would answer the question. There's no question to me, I would take the skills any day of the week because the skills no one can take from you. My mom used to always say this to me. It's like, you know, it's like an education. Once it gets in you, no one can take it from you. And, you know, it's the same thing with your martial arts skills. You know, people can tell. People who know, like, you know, black belts and instructors and people who've been around for a while, they can tell what skill you are. You don't have to wear your belt. Like, to me, I find it a little comical sometimes. You know, if I go to the gym, you know, during normal times, you see someone with a... Mm -hmm. By the way, no offense to trainers. So guys, don't get upset. Don't send me any emails. But, you know, just, you know... <laughs> 
when I see them and they have this shirt that says instructor on the back, or not instructor, it says a trainer on the back. To me, I'm like, but shouldn't you look like a trainer? Shouldn't people want to go train with you because you look like one? To me, it's kind of the same thing. You know, if you're training in a school and you didn't have a belt, let's pretend, hypothetically, you took your belt off, you went to another school to train as a guest one day, would they know what rank you are? What do you think about that? Well, I certainly think we do when we have guests come, um, you know, back in the day when we could actually be all together and spar, mm -hmm. we'd have guests come all the night, time on Monday night. And, you know, sometimes they'd wear belts, sometimes they wouldn't. But invariably, I could tell pretty closely where their skill was, what level they were at without having to see a specific strike for a belt. Yeah. And, you know, I say that respectfully to everybody because, you know, different systems are different. Everyone has different ability levels. I mean, I get that. So super, you know, super respectful to everyone in that, in that regard. But I think what we're trying to get to, and especially to our students. So if you're one of our Kaizen Karate students, please listen closely to this. The, the answer is your skills are more important. You don't want to race to the next belt. The whole idea, and especially during this pandemic, you actually want to take longer than normal. I mean, when you look at our promotion chart, uh, let's say it takes, you know, 10 hours to get to the belt, whatever it is, your first belt, you need to double that. I think that's a good rule of thumb is that you need to 2x, double whatever the requirements are, do at least twice as much. Because you got to remember, we don't have the ability to do partner work right now. So with the lack of partner work and the fact that we're on Zoom and very often we can't see everyone over the screen, you almost want to double down on the amount of practice. I mean, would you say that's about a good rule of thumb for, for the average, not average martial artist, no one's average who does martial arts, but you know, for, for, for most people who are training right now during this pandemic, if they're training on Zoom, is that a good rule of thumb to follow about double up yeah. on the amount of practice? I think that's an excellent uh, rule of thumb to go by. And we certainly have plenty of students, uh, particularly in our adult class, who we see training way more than they ever did and we see their skills increasing way more than it ever did. I think there's a direct correlation there. Sounds good. And the other question, uh, similar, uh, Kofi, that I wanted to ask you was, what do you think is possible to do on video training right now? And what's not with respect to this topic? Like, you know, we said doubling time, but what, what else, what, what else can we do? Yeah. So, you know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, especially if you're a martial artist who's maybe not in the D.C. metro area, we're, we're based in Washington, the Washington, D.C., Silver Spring, Maryland area. And let's say you're not one of our students. Let's say you're based somewhere else. Um, I think you might find this to be true. Now, I, I think you and I have both looked online and we've seen some people who are doing tournaments in person. I'm mm -hmm. not talking about that. Now, if you're deciding to train in person during a pandemic, that's on you. Um, no, <laughs> this is a, a no-judgment zone. But for us, we're keeping all of our group classes online. And, you know, it's not because of uh, anything other than we just want to keep everybody as safe as humanly possible until we get 100% cleared to go out there. We want to make sure our students feel safe. Um, so, Coach, when you, when you say what is possible on video training right now, what is not, it really boils down to one thing, partner training, partner work. And if you can't do partner work, you can't really do the sparring. Like in our system, we, we do a non-traditional system of tongue sudo. And without going into depth about what that means, really the big thing in our system is we spar a lot, right? We do a lot of uh, right. training with individuals. And I have a really good friend, you know who I'm talking about, uh, who I trained with for many, many, many years. He, he was almost uh, like a secondary instructor to me. And I used to see him all the time in the gym. And both of us had the same original teacher in tongue sudo. And he always told me, he said, hey, Part of the reason he loved training in the school that we both trained at 
was there was a large variety of people to work with. Now think about that. When you have a ton of people to work with, you get experience with all different body types, all different kinds of people. Some people are tall, some are short, some are big and strong and muscular, some are lean and kind of on the skinnier side, let's say. It's all good. But the, the difference is, is that you get experience. So when you're only working with your Bob dummy at home, when you're only working with your punching bag at home, it makes it harder to get that level of experience because the punching bag and the Bob dummy don't move. On, on a secondary note, and I'm curious to see what you think about this. If you're trying to race up and belt and you don't have a punching bag, we can't see your whole body on the screen. You have no tape on the floor for us to check your stances. I mean, you got it like 10x your amount of practice. I mean, w w give me some ideas and some thoughts on that, Coach. Well, I can't even, I mean, 10x might not even do it. I mean, the whole idea, again, this boils right back to our topic. Do you want the skills or do you want the belt? And in order to be representing that belt, you need to have the skills. You need to have stances, solid technique. You need to be able to apply it. And we've talked about this many times. Application means real world applications, fighting somebody, not fighting an inanimate object who doesn't fight back or move whatsoever. And the punching bags are great. I have my own Bob dummy I love. And it works to make sure, yes, I'm hitting it correctly. It's the right sound. I can target the right spot. But until you're fighting a live person, it's just not the same. And to me, I don't want to get a, skill, a belt that says I got one skill when I really don't. And I think that's very, very important. So you remind me something, Coach David, that I got to put a plug in for. Very often we talk about tournaments today being too expensive. Uh, I honestly feel they are, many of them. But tournaments today in a pandemic actually seem priceless. And here's why is that when you go to a group class, yes, you're training with your regular peers and your regular friends, but think about it like this. The cost of going to a tournament, let's just say it's 50 bucks or 75 bucks or whatever it is, and you get to spar for two minutes and that's it. What would it cost you if you got into a street fight nowadays and you got your teeth knocked out or something like that? I mean, that's, you know, the, and I know this is a kid-friendly podcast, so let me stop right there. But if you got hurt, right, that's gonna be much more. So the reason I bring this up is, if you're training at home, and you don't have a punching bag, you don't have a kicking shield, you don't have any of those pieces of training equipment, right? It makes it very hard for yourself to move up in, in, in rank. And the reason I bring up this whole tournament thing is it's the variety of people. It's training with different, different martial artists. That's what gets you to black belt. When you get to black belt, I always say, you should have seen everything by then. It should be very little should surprise you in a fight because you've been kicked from every angle. You've been kicked and punched with all different kinds of kicks. I should be able to put you with anybody who walks in that door and you should be able to hang with them. Doesn't mean you need to beat them all the time, but you'd be able to hang with them because you've seen it all. A, mostly through the people who you train with in class, but then also through the people that you spar with in a tournament, right? 100% agree. 100% agree. Now, let me ask you this from a, you know, we've been talking about like the student kind of perspective of, you know, belts and, and skills from a teaching point of view, should, should we as teachers and, you know, talking to anybody else who's an instructor out there, should we be teaching towards passing tests or should we be teaching as for the sake of developing a skill, developing knowledge, developing your martial arts awareness, that sort of thing? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a really good question. And, and I want to put this little disclaimer out there. This is a friendly podcast. We do not come here trying to, to badmouth or belittle or make anyone feel bad. So please, please know that when I give you this answer. Now, my background is I've been in 
you know, Tung Sudo for a long time, I've been in Kempo for a long time, I have black belts in both, and I've had the opportunity to train with some amazing people, I've had some amazing teachers and instructors who've taught me, and one of the things that I've noticed, Coach David, is that the very best instructors have depth. The very best instructors do not teach to the test. The very best martial artists are not trying to get belts. The very best martial artists and the very best teachers are trying to get tons of experience. And they have no desire for belts because they know the belts are going to come. Now, full disclosure, uh, as a young boy and as a young man, like when I was training, you know, from, in two different systems, I absolutely wanted my next belt. But I was patient. And I never once asked for a belt. I never once asked for a promotion. You know, this is a, a funny story. My very first Tung Sudo instructor, he, um, he had a phone number. It was a, you know, three-digit zip code, uh, three digits for the first number, and the last four was kick, right? Hmm. And if you called him, you couldn't really reach him, right? Because, like, there was no internet, there was no social media at the time. I'm kind of dating myself. But, hmm. you know, if you were upset, show up to class. He would be there, like, 15 minutes before, 15 minutes after, and that was it. And you just trained, right? And it wasn't about negotiating belts. It wasn't about, you know, trying to say you were upset or devastated because someone else got their belt and you didn't. It was just, you just trained. And if you got to black belt, it's because you stuck with it even when it wasn't convenient. And that I think is a lost art. So the whole idea of, you know, should you teach to the test or should you go deep? I think teaching to the test is a mistake. And I think even in a pandemic, it's especially a mistake. Yes, it's a little bit harder to to do it because, you know, there's no partner drills, right? You know, there's no partner sparring. There's no on the body work for our Kempo moves, things like that. But, you know, something about it, you, there's still a ton of stuff to do. You got to get creative. I would just advise any one of our instructor friends who are listening, or if you're another country, or even if you're one of our instructors, I, I really just encourage everyone, stop teaching to the test. You want to teach the techniques, but you want to drill. The magic is in the drilling. Drill, 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 drill. And if you're a student, get yourself a bag. I mean, it is absolutely critical. I have bags. I mean, we've talked about this in other podcasts. I mean, I mean, we, we have bags that are decades old. These things last. I mean, they make them pretty well nowadays. Yes, they do. That's my two cents. What, what are your two cents on this? Well, I'll tell you when I started my martial arts journey many, many, many decades ago now, <laughs> um, I started in, in uh, Taekwondo and my, I had a bunch of instructors, but the one instructor that I really liked he never taught towards a test. In fact, half the time you didn't really know why we were doing what we were doing, although it ended up it was kind of reinforcing skills. And, you know, at the time, if you were a newer student, you're probably like, well, I don't get it. But as you stuck around and you kept training, it would kind of come into clarity, especially when you were sparring. So my, my take on it is that we should be focused on getting better, continually improving. That should be everyone's goal. Yes, I want you know, the, the, the achievement. I'm goal-oriented, and I know you are as well. And so I like that end of the rainbow kind of a thing. Yes, there it is. But my focus isn't on that. My focus is developing myself and getting better. And so I, like you, hope that we can convince our students that that is the best way to go to be better and to eventually succeed because you will get better faster. Now, I'll ask you this, Coach V. Sure. There's, um, you know, there's, there's two methods you can go about to, to achieve what we just talked about, you know, getting ahead. There is the fast, I'll call it the microwave approach, mm-hmm. and there's the slow, we'll call that the crockpot approach. How do you feel about those uh, different ways of, of succeeding? 
Well, it's a solid, strong yes to the crock pot. You know, if any of you are uh, food experts like Coach David or myself, <laughs> by the way, to clarify, I'm not an expert at cooking. I'm an expert at consumption. So, uh, you know, on the, on the eating side, of, uh, you know, I can tell you uh, the crock potting, it's just the way to go. It tastes better. Uh, everything is just better in the crock pot. Now, you see, now you got me hungry. Thanks, Coach David. But, you know, but, uh, you know from a martial arts side, just uh, almost always every shortcut that I've taken in my martial arts career has ended up being a long cut. Every single time I tried to do something the easy way, it ended up costing me time. Um, you know, without going into a lot of detail, I'll give you one example. I mean, I can think of times when, uh, you know, from a sparring perspective, maybe I tried to duck or avoid people or, or something like that. And I'm talking, you know, maybe at like blue belt or purple belt when I was a little boy in class. And, you know, I might say, well, how did you duck people? I'd stand on the other side of the room. Or I wouldn't make eye contact with the teacher when he was about to, uh, you know, call names for the person. You know, what I didn't realize was that he knew exactly what I was doing, right? And, you know, if your instructor doesn't call on you because you duck your head away or you turn your face or you just magically have to go to the bathroom when it's time to pair up or, you know what I'm talking about, students, right? I've been there. I've done that. You're not fooling anybody, right? And I say this because the, the growth that I, that I had, like the biggest growth that I had, Coach David, was when I just did those things that made me uncomfortable. And, you know, I think one day, I think it was a black belt in class, he said, look, nothing you do here is going to kill you, right? You might end up getting punched hard or kicked hard or something like that, but that's about the worst thing that could happen. And if you can live with that, you'll get to black belt. It changed my life. Because then I started to realize when I came into class, I said, okay, today might be a rough day. We might do a lot of push-ups. I might be sore the next day. I might get hit hard or punched hard. Heck, I might end up hurting somebody a little bit unintentionally, of course, but no one's going to be permanently hurt here. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be anything worse than that. So if you're a student, if you're an instructor, I think it's important to, to renew that thought in our heads. You know, just kind of go in. If you want things to be easy, I mean, go watch TV, right? I mean, if you want to get the black belt, it's going to be tough and there's going to be growth. And Coach David, I'll be honest, during this whole pandemic, I have relearned that teaching can be tough as well because we've had to redo and re-engineer and restructure some of the ways that we teach. Those first couple weeks and months were a little bit rough, but I'll be honest, I feel like we're kind of in a little bit of a groove now, wouldn't you say? I think we have improved a lot and it's like anything else. It takes time, you know, it takes experience um, and it takes being able to be open-minded about different ways to do it. And so uh, I do, I think, I think that we've gotten a lot better now in how we can present material over video. But the, 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 the million dollar question I have, and uh, I know we're getting ready to, to wrap this up, but I, I got to hear your answer to this coach V. Sure. Here's the million dollar question. Mm -hmm. If belt promotions were to stop, for the rest of the COVID shutdown, can training still occur? Well, that's like a really good question. And for, you know, by the way, those of you who are listening and like, I think I heard a lady's voice. Yeah, my, my watch likes to talk to me every now and then. So I'm sorry, <laughs> Siri is uh, Siri's jealous that she's not on the podcast. But um, you know, I, I think it's a tough question to answer because I know what people want, right? I know what a lot of our students want. Everyone wants things to kind of go back to the way they were. Um, Coach, I think it's fair to say that we want things to go back to the way they were, right? We want to get back to training. We want to get back to being in person. Um, you know, we miss seeing our students. We miss seeing our instructors. We miss seeing the parents and chatting and talking and hanging out after class and sparring. I mean, we miss all of that. At the same time, 
I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, if belt exams stopped and if we stopped awarding belts, it doesn't mean that training would end, right? Training should go on no matter what. As a matter of fact, I mean, I mentioned this in class last night. I'm sure you heard me say this was, you know, there's no better time to train than now. I think training, it's, it's never been more important to train as a martial artist than right now. With all the uncertainty in the world, with all the, the, the things that are going on, and I'll leave it at that because it's not a political podcast or a, you know, any other kind of news or anything like that. But strictly from a, a, a kid-friendly martial arts podcast here, you know, I absolutely think training should continue no matter what. Is it possible there is a day that belt promotions might stop? Possible. No one really knows, though, because if this thing goes on for two or three or four years and we can't do partner drills, well, we'll have to, to revisit that. And, you know, I, I've told this to instructors and I've told this to some parents is, you know, as a, as a karate school. Now, if you're another karate school and you're listening around the world, here's what we're doing. Mid-November, we're going to take a look and we're just going to kind of check out where we are as a martial arts school, as a, as a community, as a world. And we're just going to kind of see where we stand, you know, and if we can legitimately promote students correctly the right way we will absolutely do that but at the same time if you can't promote a student correctly like if you have reservation and you don't feel good about giving that belt not because they didn't give 100 percent effort but because they couldn't meet all the requirements of that belt i think it's time to kind of put a hold now we did not say we're going to stop recognition coach david could you kind of speak to that because you and i have chatted about this about stripes about awards patches there's other ways to give recognition, but the second you give a belt, you don't want a belt with an asterisk by the name saying, yeah, they did everything. These conditional kind of scenarios, I think are quickly coming to a, a close. I think that if someone can truly pass an exam, hundred percent, no, you know, asterisk next to the name, no, no conditional anything, then yeah, they can absolutely pass. But what are your thoughts on this? Well, as we, I know we've discussed this, that uh, the belt system, the colored belt system was designed strictly as a way to measure progress. It was never that someone said, ah, if you can do a jab cross and a round kick, you are a purple belt or whatever it is in that system. It's a way to measure and cut down the time between I'm learning and now I've gotten the base skills of a black belt. So that whole idea of recognizing improvement that we love. In fact, a couple of years ago in Kaizen, we came up with a tape system to help measure different techniques, you know, kicks, sparring, whatever, as a way to help students see what their progress was and instructors who might not be familiar with that student see what their, their improvement was. So we're not saying that that shouldn't go on because it absolutely is. People are improving. But what we're saying is the belt level of one level to the next shouldn't change because we're in a pandemic. The fact that we can't spar is a big, big deal. The fact that we can't do on the body work is a big deal. So we don't want to tell everybody who did it five years ago one way that, oh, well, we're going to give other people that same recognition at that belt level, even though they can't do what you did. That makes no sense to me. But there are plenty of ways we can award improvement and progress, and we're going to do that. Yeah, you know, just to kind of kind of zoom out for a second, because I think that's important here. Um, to put things into perspective, you know, we're in the year 2020 right now. Uh, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. About, you know, correct my math if it's wrong, about 140 years ago now, there was a gentleman by the name of Jigori Kano. And uh, Jigori Kano, he really is credited with, uh, he's the father of, of judo, essentially. And he introduced the colored belt system uh, 
as a way of, in, in, in his teaching, to award uh, recognition, right, to black belts. And that was around the 1880s. Um, the thing that I, I want to really point out to everyone is the belt systems as we know it is a relatively new thing, right? It's about 100, 140 years old, give or take. And if there was no belts being given out, it doesn't mean that training should stop. Now, we're not saying anything right now. So if you're a Kaizen Karate student, a Kaizen Karate parent, we are not saying that belt promotions are stopping. We're just trying to put everything in context, right? We're trying to make sure that everyone realizes that racing to a belt, not good. Instructors, teaching to the, teaching to the test and just trying to pass a test, my opinion, not good. I think you really want to have depth to your martial arts. I think that even if belt promotions were to stop, there's still other ways to recognize uh, progress, such as tape, patches, t-shirts. I mean, there's so many other ways to do things because it's important. You want to have something to look forward to. You want to see your forward progress. You want to see that you're being recognized for your effort. That's very, very important. But at the same time, at least in our school here at Kaizen, uh, we will take a look at things in mid-November uh, and you know, I'll make a decision then. You know, if we can continue to promote people correctly without reservation, without conditional passing, without kicking that can down the road, absolutely we'll do it. But if we can't do it the right way, then, you know, we may have to put a pause. So we're saying this just to kind of uh, put that out there for folks, you know, something to think about. But as of right now, you know, we have a belt exam coming up in middle of October. Uh, it'll run as scheduled. And, you know, we have introduced the pad striking element. So pad striking is something I used to do as a little boy uh, when I was training towards black belt. I think it's an excellent way to kind of check to see that technique is correct. Just kicking and punching in the air. It's actually possible to do the technique incorrectly. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So guys, you know, we're getting close to wrapping up the podcast here. Coach David, do you have any final thoughts or any kind of uh, ideas you want to share with the Kaizen Karate audience here, you know, which is, you know, not just our students, but obviously we have a, a, a lovely group of folks who are following us from all over the world, many different countries, and we thank you for doing so. Um, any, any kind of wrap up though? The only thing I'll say is, you know, our school is named Kaizen Karate. Kaizen stands for continuous improvement. And to me, that is not just about karate. It's about everything. Karate skills, perfect. Go small. Work on little improvements. Don't worry about racing ahead belts to belt. The belts will come. Work on little skill improvements, small changes. And over time, you're going to get rewards. You're going to get the belts. You're going to get the rank. You're going to get everything that, that comes with it. But if you just worry about that little small improvement, that is the secret key to success in all every area I've ever experienced with. I'm going to close out with this little uh, Coach Vism, as I like to call it. I can't remember where I heard it, but you know I'm going to share it because this is how I remember hearing it. Uh, you want your belt to match your skill, and you want your skills to match your belt, and you never want to get those two out of balance. So I just encourage everyone: if you're a black belt and you didn't have your belt on today, and you were training with someone, and maybe you haven't practiced in a while, would they still know what belt you are? And if you're an underbelt, meaning you're below black belt, and you didn't have your belt on, and someone thought you're a higher belt than you are, keep doing what you're doing, because you're doing the right thing. So I encourage everybody who's listening to this day, to listening to this podcast today, here's my takeaway. We're in the middle of a pandemic, hopefully the middle, hopefully well past the middle, but we're, we're in the heart of a pandemic here. And, you know, there's limitations on what we can and can't do. But I think the takeaway from today's uh, podcast for me is don't worry about rank. Rank will come. And by the way, if you're one of our students who's continuing to train during pandemic, and for whatever reason, maybe you felt like you haven't been recognized, trust me when I say this, we haven't forgotten about you. Your day will come. 
And when we do get back to training in person, the people who put in the preparation and put in the practice, it'll be very clear who's put in the time. It'll be very clear who's put in that, that effort. Absolutely. Hey guys, listen, we just want to wish everyone a, a good day. Be safe out there. Make good choices. If you're one of our students, right? If you're one of those adults out there, hang in there, guys, keep going. Just take it one day at a time. I think the pandemic has affected everybody in different ways. If you've experienced any loss in any way, we, we feel for you. Uh, if there's anything we can do, you can find us on Facebook at Kaizen Karate. We're located in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, you can reach us uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, if you want to find us online, it's KaizenKarateUSA.com. Uh, just go to the contact us page. It's the best way to reach us. And we want to wish everyone nothing but success, nothing but good health. And we cannot wait to meet you in the future. Stay well, everyone. Thanks. Have a great day, guys.